Hello, everyone. Happy Friday evening, the day before New Year's Eve. You'll probably be listening to this, honestly, on New Year's Eve. I'm recording this, like, honestly, just right after the game here between the Penguins and the Devils. The Penguins have suffered their fourth straight loss. Um, still in third and fourth place in the Metropolitan Division, right around there, but you know, missed a big opportunity tonight to pick up two points in the standings as they let a late second period lead slip away and lost three to two. We're going to touch on everything that went wrong for the Penguins in this game, starting with the special teams and how that was the main reason the Penguins lost. We're going to get into Tristan Jari and how I did not like that third goal. Evgeny Malkin's poor back check, how I thought the third period went, especially with the four checking, um, everything about the power play. All of that, plus so much more to recap on this episode of Lock on Penguins, and it comes right after this. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LOR Store Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. For those that are watching on YouTube, yes, the beard is gone. I probably look like I'm 12 years old now recording the show um, instead of the 25-year-old man that I actually am. But yes, it looks really interesting when I don't have a full beard on. But Devils three or Penguins, well, Devils four, I should say. Penguins two, almost forgot about the empty netter at the end. Penguins suffered their fourth straight loss. And, you know, the, the main thing that we got to touch on first, power play. Dreadful performance from that unit. Nine power play opportunities. Garrett Rank, um, the NHL ref tonight, who decided to call every penalty, um, which is very rare in the NHL. You do not see a team get nine power play opportunities very often. The Penguins squandered every single one. That is where the game was won and lost. And the Devils, further to their credit, nine penalty killing, not nine, nine for nine on the penalty kill. They also, I believe, got a power play goal. Special teams won the day. They won out. Penguins, they had the advantage on special teams coming into this game. You know, if you were to probably play this eight, nine other times, I would say the Penguins win most of them. But Tonight, I think, was uh, the exception, not the norm. Uh, but speaking, you know, just sticking with the power play, what a terrible night it was for that unit. And yeah, you know, Ty Smith was quarterbacking. It's his first game. You know, I, I maybe would have done POJ up there just because I think, you know, he's more polished at this point working on the power play. I know Smith is, a, you know, good mobile defenseman who can move the puck well, but I just didn't see enough from him on that top power play to warrant him you know, continuing getting those minutes, I think after the third or fourth one, <clears throat> I would have made the change uh, to P- to POJ. And they did do that once. POJ actually did come on the top power play late in the second period. But when they had that four-minute double minor in the third period, right, and a little bit before that on some other power play opportunities, it was Ty Smith running the show. And especially at the end of the game when the Penguins were trying to mount the comeback with a six-on-five, it was Ty Smith there too. You know, I personally would have had POJ at the point running it just because – you know, I thought Ty had a fine debut, but I just wasn't a fan of those kind of weak wrist shots from the point. They just weren't really doing it uh, for me, uh, at least in my opinion. But um, outside of them, outside of him, I should say, all the top players on, on that unit were terrible tonight. Um, 
Yeah, it's not going to say that Benny Malkin scored, but power play-wise, I didn't really think he was that good. I thought Sidney Crosby played one of his worst games of the season, just was not there. A couple Numerous opportunities tonight where the puck just bounced over his stick for whatever reason when he should have a couple tap-in goals. There was one um, in the third period, I should say. You know, Russ was able to get the puck over to him, but just got over his stick. Usually, Sid is able to corral that, but... You know, you know it's a bad night for him when he's not able to do that. Um, Jake Gensel, I thought he played awful tonight. We're going to touch on him a little later on in this episode uh, because he's been a major problem for the Penguins lately, and I don't think enough people are talking about we're going to get into some of the stats, which you know really show that Jake is just it's just not happening this year. But you know the top power, the top players on the unit were bad. I thought the zone entries were atrocious. Uh, the Penguins were just you know, sending it into the zone willy nilly. Not really taking much care in the world with it. The Devils are easily able to clear it. Again, I, I will credit the Devils for going nine for nine on the PK, but I don't really think the Penguins made them truly work for it. That's going to sound weird, especially if some Devils fans um, tune into this show. And I'm not trying to discount not going nine for nine. Nine for nine is very good on the PK. They deserve credit for it. It's it was one of the it's the big talking point in the game. I'm just saying that I don't think the Penguins, you know, did enough. Uh, to just make it seem like, oh, wow, like this was, you know, amazing and all that. I, I think the Penguins, you know, kind of gave it to them um, on, on a couple of those penalties, especially that four-minute double minor in the third period. You know, um, Brian Dumoulin draws that penalty. Nice job by him. There was a little bit of blood near his lip. Penguins get that four-minute double minor. Do you guys even remember a good quality scoring chance on that? I sure don't. I mean, I have my notes right here. A couple shots from the point from Ty Smith. That's it. Evgeny Malkin didn't do anything. Jake Ensel didn't get any good looks. Sidney Crosby didn't, didn't get many good looks. Ricard Raquel before he was bumped down for Brian Rust. You know, they, they kind of made the devil's job a lot easier to be honest with us. You know, I, I just, the Penguins, their, their puck movement, I thought was also atrocious. Everything that they were doing right during that past 12 game stretch, right? Where they had, um, you know, 11 out of their last 12 games where they had a power play goal. It all evaporated. In this game. And yes, I know the Devils PK has some good players. Sharon Govich is very good. Nico Heastry had a shorthanded goal tonight. It's hilarious. On nine power play opportunities, the Penguins were outscored one to nothing. That is embarrassing. That's sad. Uh, you know, I had some people, I had some Devils fans coming to my mentions about that. Yes, that is, you know, the Penguins will take the L uh, for that. You, you, you cannot allow um, that to happen. You know, Jesper Bad, I think, also plays on the penalty kill, but still, I don't think the Penguins made the Devils work. You know, nearly hard enough than they could have on the on the on the on the penalty kill, um, and it showed. The Penguins had numerous opportunities to take over this game when the Devils were taking you know clear penalties. There was one. Remember um, when the Penguins took the lead in the second period, two one game, right? Uh, Pio about oh, Jeff Carter gets the goal. The Devils were about to challenge it. Nope, they get a the delay a game because they were taking too long. Penguins got a power play there. You can really potentially go up three one. They act like there's not a care in the world and they're just not doing anything. I'll go back to use another example, right? Um, Penguins make it one nothing. Well, actually, no, no, the Penguins, no, excuse me. The Devils thought they tied it off a Dougie Hamilton goal, right? But um, the ref calls it no goal. They said it was goal interference. Lindy Ruff challenges it, loses it. The Penguins get the power play because that's the rule. And there's a chance that right there to go up two nothing. It's a pivotal point in the game. Nope. No one wants to do anything. The second unit, I think, was just as bad as the first unit. A really awful night for the Penguins power play. I cannot sugarcoat it for Yins enough. 
This was probably the worst I've seen the power play all season. Bar none, not even close. Even when they were struggling early on in the season, they were still getting some decent chances, I think, on the unit. In this one game, though, I can't even recall a single good chance that they had. They had some shots, sure, but how many of those were actual quality scoring chances? Yes, the Devils did a good job limiting them to the point and to the outside a little bit, but the Penguins, with how talented they are, I expect a lot better. 0 for 9, it's not good enough. They haven't been 0 for 9 on the power play since 2009, according to Bob Grove. That's when they beat the Rangers 4 to 3, actually. So it's been almost 14 years since they had gone 0 for 9 on the power play. But special teams is where this game was won and where it was lost. Um, I know some people are not going to like that explanation, but at 5v5, I think my my original perception was a bit skewed because of the third period. I thought the Penguins did not play well at 5v5. It was close at even strength, but you know, with how many special teams um, power plays there were for both teams, Penguins had the opportunity to win it there. And these last few weeks where it's been very rare that they've lost special teams battle, um, they did tonight. So that's where it was won and lost uh, for me. That's that's how I see it. But that that wraps up, I think, this first segment of today's episode. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to touch on Tristan Jari, how I didn't like that third goal that he gave up. We'll also get into um, what led to that third goal. And we're going to touch on Jake Denzel's struggles because it's been really bad for him as of late. But before I get to that, say you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride. Now you live nearby, you can make it home okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and they are often very deadly. However, that does not stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence of alcohol. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So so if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, especially when it comes to New Year's Eve tomorrow night. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LMR Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. I have a wonderful new Penguins mug here that my girlfriend got me for the holidays. I will, you know, I do not drink enough water, I think, during these shows. So glad I am for this one. Oh, so let's get into Tristan Jarvis' performance. Thought he was mostly fine. Overall, made some, uh, t- uh, made some good saves. First two goals. Really can't blame him for those. I mean, you know the Hamilton one. Jake Gensel was. We'll, we'll get we'll get to that in a second. But the, the Devils basically had a five on four in that situation because Jake Gensel was kind of cherry picking at the um, you know, near the blue line, actually past the blue line, and you know hit Ducky Hamilton as a wide open net. Um, and then the other goal, no, no chance. That's a Jack Hughes wrist shot. People. I mean, he's one of the best players in the league. He's going to do that to any goalie. And then the third, the third goal though is where I have a problem. So it's you at the end of the second period, two-two game. You have the power play. They got the power play with what a buck fifty-eight left. If that sounds right, I believe so. So you, all you have to do is you know obviously not give up a short-handed goal. You're going to at least go into intermission tied, but that was not on the cards 
for the Penguins. They had that first unit out there, probably a little too longer than they should have. And the Devils come down on a 2-1-2. Nico Heischer gets the puck, blows past Evgeny Malkin. And I am sorry, Gino, you know, you've done so many great things for this organization throughout your tenure here. And you have been awesome this season. But please back check a lot better next time. That was a very, and I hate using this word for him. That was lazy. I get it. He's out there for a while. He's a bit gassed. But you know what? Do a little bit better with your back check there. That was just very lazy, I think, in my opinion. Just didn't really give much of an effort. And then for Tristan's perspective, he needs to come out of the net more. That is a shot from the angle that he sheer had it, right? Kind of like to the right of the dot. You know, you know, he, it's an uncontested wrist shot from that area of the ice. I'm sure people are going to tell me, you know, oh, it's just a night perfectly placed shot, blah, 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 blah. In my opinion, no. I, I think I think Tristan needs to make that save. He needs to come out. He needs to take away that angle, and he needs to be aggressive, and he needs to make that save. Yeah, it went off the post and in, so it was it was a decent shot a little bit. But that said, Tristan needs to make that save, especially when the first unit's been out there for a while. Again, I understand that Gino's back check was not the greatest. He could have pushed Heischer into the boards if he's able to hustle a little bit more. But that said, I did not like that goal from Jari. I think he could have done better with it. That's how I feel about it. You know, if you disagree, you know, let me know in the comments. You can DM me on social media as well. That that is how I see it personally. And you know, if we're going to talk about goaltending as well, we should also look at the defensive play um, for some of the other the other two goals that things allowed before the empty netter. Um, just because Tristan wasn't at fault for those two goals, especially. Uh, the second one, which tied the game with, what, three minutes left um, in the second period. If you go back and look, watch the replay. It's basically a five-on-four for the New Jersey Devils there. And they got a couple of bounces. That's hockey. You know, Penguins get those sometimes. But, you know, watch where Jake Ensel is on the ice. Look where to see he is because he is not even in the defensive zone. He is well past the blue line kind of cherry picking near the red line, to be honest. And, you know, that's not good enough from one of your best offensive players. I get that he's not been a good defensive player since he came into the NHL. I actually saw a stat today um, uh, during the game from Danny Shirey of DK Pittsburgh Sports that really um, put this into perspective of how bad he's been defensively um, over the last three seasons. According to Danny, his isolated impact on suppressing quality chances – ranks 370th out of 382 forwards with 1,000 minutes plus played. Again, so he's 370th out of 382 players in terms of suppressing quality chances. And what that means, you know, suppressing shots means, you know, you're not allowing, you know, a lot of quality chances while you're on the ice. But when he is on the ice, he is one of their worst defenders as a forward. And, you know, he needs to be in, in the defensive zone in that sequence. It's not good enough, and it needs to change. And honestly, Yins, this has not been talked about enough either. Jake Gensel needs to start playing better as a whole. It's gone a little under the radar. I've kind of noticed it. I haven't really wanted to bring it up, but tonight, this is probably his worst game of the season. He is not doing enough at all. He has not scored a five-on-five goal since early November unacceptable for someone like him. You all know it. He's one of the best goal scorers, not just on the team, but around the league. 
but it's not happening this season. Again, no five-on-five goal for him since early November. I'm sure he's kicking himself about it. I don't know if he's playing hurt, if something's been bothering him or whatever, but, you know, still, he's not getting to those dangerous areas of the ice where he can put the puck in the back of the net. He's also not driving the net front a lot more than he usually does. He just not, he's not using that beautiful shot that he has. I don't know if I would demote him down to the Malkin line and move someone like Zucker up just because I think Zucker has done so well with Gino this season, but something needs to change um, with Jake. Sorry, I had to take a sip of my water there. But yes, overall, something needs to change with him. Not His play right now is unacceptable, especially for someone that's making $6 million per. His contract is up, not after this season, but after the following season. If he wants to get you know, eight, 8.5, 9 million, something like that in this league per year on the Penguins, you know, he needs to play a hell of a lot more, a hell of a lot better than he is right now. I, I, I kind of have no doubt that he's probably going to respond at some point just because that's what great players do. But he was abnormally bad tonight, not just offensively, but defensively. And he needs to start putting the puck in the back of the net a lot more. Again, same with Sidney Crosby. I thought tonight he was dreadful. He's been awesome all year. He usually follows up this kind of performance with one of his best performances. Funny enough, the Winter Classic is, of course, the Penguins' next game. He's had plenty of, you know, he's had at least one big moment at a Winter Classic, of course, going back to 2008 when he had the shootout goal and had that amazing celebration. But fact of the matter is, you know, he was not good um, tonight either. And honestly, to wrap this up, I don't think most of the top Penguins players were good tonight at all. I really do not think that. Uh, outside of the Malkin's goal, which was vintage, you know, he picked Dougie Hamilton's pocket, took his lunch money, and fired that top cheese. Pass Vitek Vanjack, very nice shot from him. I thought he did, it was just kind of a dud for him after that. Again, his defensive work wasn't the best. And, and you know, I know he's not known um, for his defensive work, but still needs to be a little bit better. He just also wasn't threatening on the power play, you know, Ricard Raquel, I think, could have done a bit better. Brian Rust has been still has been struggling as of late. Uh, to Will, you know, he had that goal against Carolina last Thursday, which was awesome. But still, you know, outside of that, you know, he's still not playing at the level that we expect Brian Rust to play at. So, yeah, and I get it. Chris Tang was not playing tonight. Jeff Petrie was not either two of your best defensemen, but the top players needed better, and I think they will be moving forward. I think if the top players are better tonight, the Penguins probably win this game, especially if their power play produces. But, you know, these these games happen, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. Um, but that wraps up this segment, touching on Tristan Jari, Jake Ensel, and some of the other top players. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into some coaching decisions that I saw tonight from Mike Sullivan that I actually um, did like a little bit and go into some other performances that I thought were good as well and also touch on uh, some other stuff about the team and why, you know, I know that this looks bad, but again, I do think that they're, they're going to get close to breaking out of this sooner rather than later. So stick around for that coming up in this final segment. All right. I'm back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Lawrence Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's get into... Um, so right before the game, Mike Sullivan finally made the decision to move Jeff Carter to the wing, and it actually paid dividends. Look at the second goal. You know, he comes up off, comes up 
off the bench. I know he's kind of playing center in that situation, but he's able to drive the net, you know, as a winger, even though he's kind of playing center in that situation. And he's able to get the puck to the blue paint. It goes off a skate and then originally it was POJ's goal, but it goes back to Carter and the Penguins were able to score to make it two to one there. He wasn't taking any of the defensive zone draws. I saw the Penguins were doing a little bit better in the faceoff circle. That is always good as well. And, you know, when he's on a center, he doesn't have as many defensive responsibilities. And I think you saw him take a small step forward in those categories tonight. Again, it's baby steps. I understand. But I like that decision for Mike Sullivan to move Carter to the wing. I liked Teddy Bluger as the third-line center tonight, which meant Ryan Paling uh, came back and was the fourth-line center, which I'll get to in just a second. Um, I liked that decision from Sullivan. You know, speaking of Ryan Paling, he came back after a few games with a lower body injury. He said this was the best he's felt since earlier in the month. Apparently, he said he's been dealing with a really nagging injury um that he was playing through but just couldn't play through anymore but he said he feels fine now i think he played fine you know i think at this point we have to understand that you know outside of a pretty decent penalty killer he's not gonna bring you too much at 5v5 he scored um excuse me he scored a few times a season but you know he's not gonna really drive possession as a fourth liner he's not gonna score a bunch of goals for you like brock mcginn has for example this season on a really nice um, unsustainable shooting percentage, I should say. But, you know, I think we have to just temper our expectations for paling a little bit because, you know, he's mainly just going to be that defensive first player who can play well in the penalty kill, but I don't think it's going to chip in too much. You know, just kind of like a tweener uh, to me. Um, touched on Ty Smith a little bit, but I really did think he had a pretty decent <clears throat> debut tonight. I thought he moved the puck pretty well up the ice um, at 5v5. He was on the ice for one goal, zero goals against. Um, 12 shot attempts for 14 shot attempts again. So not good with Corsi, but he did have 68% of the, the Penguins did have, excuse me, 68%. Um, geez, I cannot talk when the, when he was on the ice, the Penguins had 68% of the expected goal share. So that's good. So at five, five, he was fine on the top power play though. Wasn't overly impressed. Um, and I get it first game. Um, but didn't like some of those weak link shots from the point. I think he could have done a little bit better moving the puck around to the perimeter to Sid and Gino and uh, Gensel, of course. Um, and that's why, again, I would probably put POJ back up on that top unit. I'm heading into Monday's Glinner Classic uh, against the Bruins. I liked the decision to put Dumoulin down there with Ruda. I kind of made a joke before the game, like, oh, of course, Ty's first game came with Bruman, but uh, Dumoulin, excuse me, but I thought they played fine. Um, I was actually very happy that Sullivan moved POJ up to the second pairing, put him with Mark Friedman and moved Dumoulin down. That is what they're going to have to do until Chris Latang comes back. Obviously, when Latang comes back, someone's going to have to come out. Right now, probably going to be Ty, even though it shouldn't be. Um, but I think if it is Ty, I think you're probably going to see Dumoulin down on the third pairing. The bigger question will be what happens with the defense when Jeff Petrie is ready to play. I think that's going to be the big one um, for me. Mark Friedman, I thought he had another solid game. You know, he's he's that perfect, you know, fringe NHL or number six, number seven defenseman. He's not going to wow a lot of people, but, you know, he gets under player skins. He has a nice first pass. You know, he's fine defensively. His underlings have always been solid. There's a lot to like about him. There's really nothing to not like, I should say, about Friedman. I don't know why some people pick on him uh, too much. You know, he's a fine, you know, NHL defenseman. I think if he were to be a free agent, um, like right now, he would probably have a ton of teams interested in him. I, I think he's a really um, good and uh, number six, number seven defenseman. 
in the NHL. At least that, that that's my opinion. I think he had another, he had a solid game tonight. Um, outside of that, you know, I don't really have too much else to say about this game. Um, Penguins just have to get the things rolling. I think they will be fine for the long term tonight. Just a couple of things went against them. Again, you know, the special teams were awful. Five on five, especially bad in the, in the third period. Before that, I think they were fine. It's just I didn't think the Penguins were forechecking nearly as aggressive as I as I think they should be. The six on five was awful because they couldn't gain the zone. Um, I think all those are very correctable errors. Yes, they're dealing with injuries right now, but so are many other teams in the league. But if they're able to get that power play back up and rolling, penalty kill, able to get back back if they're able to get that back to where the way it should be, I mean, not be giving up a goal per game and get some healthy bodies back in Tristan Jari doesn't have some of those weird goals, this team should be fine. I understand that some people don't like Mike Sullivan, um, you know, whatever. You know, I, he, the head coach is not above criticism. I am more than willing to criticize him. That said, I think he made a couple of good moves tonight. People are going to freak out that Drew O'Connor was not on the lineup. And, yes, I understand that is a little annoying because I think he did play well in that game on Wednesday against um, – the Red Wings, and he only played seven shifts after, which was pretty pathetic. And I know Dayton Heinen uh, did not play that well tonight, even though he had a couple of good chances. That said, Yins, did that decision really make a difference in this game? Did it? No, I, I'm a serious question. Like, did it make a difference? No. no I don't think Drew O'Connor's presence was going to, you know, have the Penguins um, score power play goal on, on their nine opportunities or, you know, just get outscored one, nothing on nine power play, power play opportunities. So, you know, I know losing is not fun. They've gotten a couple points. They're still in fine positioning right now for the playoffs, but you know, you got to get this thing rolling sooner rather than later. Next up though, big game against the Boston Bruins on Monday. I cannot wait for the winter classic. I, I, I love watching it on TV it's going to be a great game. The Bruins are one of the best teams, if not the best team in hockey. We'll have to see if Chris Tang is healthy enough to play in that game. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to have a full preview for it on the Locked on NHL uh, national show for Monday, so you can look for that there with Gil Martin. Really looking forward to that. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll hook up with Ian McLaren, uh, host of Locked on Bruins, over the weekend here to do a little preview, but really looking forward to that. Uh, before I sign off, though, Thank you all so much for continuing to listen to this podcast. This has been an amazing year for the show. This is easily the most listened to. Um, this is easily the most that this podcast has been listened to uh, this year. I have the numbers right in front of me. 221,000 yearly downloads. Thank you so much. This month, over 16,000 monthly downloads. I cannot thank all of you enough for continuing to listen to the show. It means so much to me. We got up to top 20 on Chartable today. Even when the team is losing, you all are coming out and listening to the show and watching the show on YouTube. It means the absolute world to me. So great things happen in 2022 for the show. We're going to go above and beyond for the show in 2023. Mark my words on that. So again, Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful and a safe new year. Please stay safe. Don't do anything stupid on the roadways and stuff. You know, have some drinks, if, obviously, if you're over 21 and all that. And I will see you all in 2023 on Monday when we recap the Winter Classic between the Penguins and the Bruins. I'll talk to you all then. Hope you all have a great new year.